Welcome everyone. I am Michael, your host for Depaganizing the Gospels. In this third episode, I will be presenting the discussion of notes about the depaganization of the testimony of Luke, chapters 7 and 8. The first note for this episode is about verse 3, which says, Joanna, the wife of Cusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. Additional details about the names of women who served in Herod's household do not appear in other testimonies. This inclusion of these names does not conflict with God's eternal truth. The description does not suggest that there was anything inappropriate about how these women helped the disciples by their own means. The next note is about a correction in verse 11, which now says, This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the good news. The phrase, the word of God, was not spoken by Jesus because the concept of the good news being the word of God was not established in the time of Christ. Pagan heretics have insisted that their editorialized texts are the word of God. But there are too many curses and false testimonies in these texts for them to be the word of God. The ignorance of the pagan editor who created this testimony abounds beyond comparison. Modern day Christians will claim that these texts are the word of God. But it has been clearly shown that there are some seriously blasphemous things being said in them for them to be the word of God, who, by the way, is perfect and holy. The fraudulent inject had the obvious purpose to be a curse because there is quite a lot of content in these testimonies that are not the word of God. The next note is about the omission of verses 23 through 35. And this is the third appearance of this fraudulent event of Jesus calming the seas. Although the event describing Jesus calming the seas appears in all the testimonies, it is fraudulent because Jesus did not have the power to calm the seas or winds. God gave the archangel Uriel the ability to do this, and Uriel's powers were not those Christ received in his anointing with the Holy Spirit. If the story had said that Jesus prayed to God to ask God to calm the seas, then the result would have been the same. Jesus did not have power over the elements as in the pagan belief of sorcery. There are other similar curses injected into the Testaments that are removed in this deep paganization. The next note is about verse 28, which says, When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, Why do you want with me, Jesus, Son of Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. The demonically possessed insulted Jesus by calling him Son of God, and no demon ever tells the truth. Anyone who says these instances of demons calling Jesus the Son of God are proof of truth are completely ignorant of the facts, and those persons are also demonically possessed. Demons insult the righteous and lie about everything. Only other demonically possessed morons will say that demons told the truth and complimented Jesus by making these statements. While there is pagan editorialization occurring in the description of all these demonic possession events, the prevailing pattern is that demons who are hateful liars, call Jesus the Son of God, or other similar statements that insult Him and Almighty God. Jesus was not the Son of God because the concept also blasphemes God, and demons call Christ the Son of God because it would have been their true character to blaspheme God by telling those insulting lies. The pagans who wrote this editorialized text were possessed by demons, and their curses will be their condemnation for eternity. The next note is about the omission of verses 32 and 33. The fraudulent text said, Large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. The Semitic people did not herd pigs in the time of Christ, but they were animals kept, not herded, 
by pagans in Europe. The gift of casting out demons by the power of the Holy Spirit does not include sending the demons into any other person, object, or creature, because they go to a place Jesus described as arid places, where it is extremely hot. The passage was an example of a pagan belief in sorcery that has cursed all three of the synoptic testimonies. It has been removed. The next note is an explanation of an omission in verse 35, which now says, And the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind. The phrase, And they were afraid, is another example of how a pagan heretic has edited the text in his testimony, and it has been removed. All throughout this testimony are additional clauses added to the end of stories or statements that originate in the other testimonies. Most of the testimony, according to Luke, is plagiarized and contains additional comments to make it seem original. There is no relevancy for the description of the people being afraid except to insinuate that the casting out of demons was a fearful power of sorcery. The true response to the casting out of demons should be rejoicing in the newfound freedom of God's truth and love. People observing it all would also have been amazed because there was nothing fearful about what Jesus did. Those who worshipped Satan were most likely horrified by what was happening, and the purpose of the pagan editorialization was to cause fear among those ignorant pagans. The next note explains the mission of verses 37. The statements beginning with, Then they were overcome with fear, so he got in the boat and left, have been omitted. And they were another attempt to support the fraud omitted in verse 35 by insinuating that what Jesus was doing was a horror to the people. Luke's testimony is from the point of view of a pagan Roman who worshipped Satan and false gods. It would have been a horror to him to know he and others like him were completely wrong about their false beliefs. The telling of these events as horrible and fearful actions had the purpose to scare people away from accepting the truth of Jesus Christ. He was not doing these things to scare people. He was liberating the demonically possessed and healing the sick to give the blessings and love from Almighty God. Portraying the events as horrors is Antichrist. The next note is about a correction in verse 39, which now says, Return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him in the name of God. It has been corrected to remove the pagan editorialization that attempted to equate Jesus with God. Jesus told the man to tell what God had done for him. So the depaganized version is that the man went out and told others what Jesus had done for him in the name of God. Jesus was not God, nor Son of God. The next note is about verse 43, which says, As Jesus was on his way, a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. The phrase, the crowds almost crushed him, has been omitted because it was another example of pagan editorialization having the intent to fraudulently give the testimony of a sense of horror. The pagan editor was intentionally trying to cause fear and panic for those listening to or reading this testimony. This event appears in all three synoptic testimonies, but it is not a curse. There is no known cure for hemophilia, so this healing event is truly a miracle. The depaganizing process only removes untruthfulness because the false witness testimonies are lies and a curse upon the text. The next note is about a correction of verse 46. 
which now says, But Jesus said, Someone touched me, I know, because the power of the Holy Spirit has moved me to know this. The correction removed a fraudulent statement about power leaving Jesus because someone touched him. While it is possible that the Holy Spirit would have made it known to Christ that someone had touched him and he and was healed, power would not have gone out from him. Such concepts as power leaving or being diminished by its use comes from the pagan ideologies of sorcery and magic. Jesus was not a sorcerer or a magician. The power of the Holy Spirit is never diminished or lessened from those anointed. Luke was a pagan and a heretic because his statements are not truthful and most of what he writes is based upon conjecture supported by pagan belief. When these fraudulent beliefs in magic and sorcery were more profoundly accepted among Catholic heretics. The next note is about verse 48, which says, Then he said to her daughter, Your faith has healed you. Go in peace. This verse is critically important statement. This verse is a critically important statement that differentiates Christ's words from pagan editorialization. Jesus clearly informs others that the woman's faith has healed her, and his humility is expressed by saying this instead of, I have healed her which would have been fraudulent for Jesus to have exalted himself. These distinctions guide the deep paganization of these testimonies, and they may have originated from truthful statements made by those who were present at the time of Christ's ministry. The contrast appearing with truthful evidence and fraud is proof that there has been paganization of the testimonies because the ignorant editors mix truth and lies together without understanding how the Holy Spirit enables the knowledge of truth for truth believers. The next note is about verse 53, which now says, They scoffed at him, knowing that she was dead. The fraudulence in this case was an obviously illogical statement. It was not a matter of erroneously translating a text from Latin into English that caused this error, and any claim that it was simply an erroneous translation is proof that this text is constantly erroneous. Those who want to claim that the New Testament is inerrantly the word of God will surely see how they are following a false prophecy. Mourners would not have laughed because mourners do not laugh. They would have scoffed at Jesus because they were in a state of mourning. The emotions evolved for laughing are not associated with mourning. People who mourn are sad and upset. They do not laugh. This is most likely another example of pagan ignorance in the erroneous translation of text that has been ignored by scholars. It was a curse of falsehood and relevantly disproves the theology of biblical inerrancy. The New Testament is fraught with many errors. These errors of mistranslation have been denied as being errors by the satanic cult that is known today as the Roman Catholic Church and others who proclaim biblical inerrancy. The last note for this episode is about an omission in verse 56, which reads, Her parents were astonished. The phrase, But he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened is another example of a fraudulent statement added to the end of the testimony. This is the pattern of fraud being exposed in this depaganization. Jesus would not have prohibited the girl's family from telling anyone about what had happened. He would have encouraged them to rejoice. Anyone who heals someone by the power of the Holy Spirit should tell a person to thank God and rejoice. Well, that concludes this episode. There is plenty more deep paganizing to do in Luke's testimony. Be sure to subscribe for notifications. Thank you for listening. I am Michael.